we've been doing Clit Talk for a while now, over 200 episodes to date, and we have had an influx of new Clitorati, and we still have our consistent OG Clitorati tuning in every week. So we've created a free gift for you. It's called Clit Talk Cliff Notes, the no BS guide to self-pleasure and sexual intimacy. And we're really giving you our best highlight reel of sex tips. We have combined our top sex hacks to give you confidence, communication, orgasms, and the ability to take your pleasure game from zero to a hundred real quick and blow any partner's mind in bed. Included in this bang and free gift is two free audio trainings, self-pleasure is self-love, and our hottest sex tips. We also have unreleased episodes and a fan favorite from our sex and empowerment signature masterclass, an erotic visualization, and a video on orgasmic breathing. Oh, yeah. So to get a little taste of what we do here, you definitely want to sign up for Clit Talk Cliff Notes. Just go to clittalkshow.com backslash guide because clitorati it is possible to have quantum leaps in your sex and empowerment with simple and impactful shifts pussy pussy it's gonna be a good one today yes i'm talking about a clit talk clit talk clit talk talking about a clit talk clit talk clit talk come on girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow bring your pussies to the show Are you ready to get kinky, Clitorati? Today, we are delving into the healing powers of kink, somatic therapy, and how we can transmute pain into pleasure. We have a sexpert duo in the studio today who you may be familiar with from, I don't know, the Oprah Winfrey Network, the Wall Street Journal, or ABC's 2020. No just big deal. <laughs> and they're going to, no big deal. They're going to walk us through it all. So please welcome to the Clit Talk studio, Kimmy Inch and Casey Neal. Welcome. Thanks yes, for having us. Yes, we are so excited to have <laughs> you. I I found you, I, I, you know, as one does scoping through sex positive Instagrams and yours just really stuck out to me. I was like, A, these people look really fun and I have so many questions I want to ask them. And then we, I was just sharing with them before we started recording I had offered you guys like a date and time and then like you got right back to me and I was like, I actually just booked someone and Kimmy emailed back and told me I was a naughty girl. So I knew this was going to be a great episode right right off the bat. And I stand by it, Lindsay. You are a naughty girl. I have yet to decide on Katie and Sugar yet, but I have a feeling they might be naughty as well. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm a good girl. (laughs) It's always the sweet looking ones that you have to keep an eye on. Katie's Catholic. (laughs) Oh, oh, yes. Recovering Catholic. (laughs) Still Catholic, but recovering. Yes. All right. So um, as we were diving into all of the many things that the both of you do, a term really stuck out to us that we wanted to ask you about. What exactly is conscious kink? Mm. So conscious kink is engaging in kinky activities with purpose, intention, mindfulness, and consciousness. Mm. 
So instead of just getting together with somebody and, you know, having a little spank and tickle sort of session, you're actually coming together to create a certain outcome. Maybe it's to create deeper intimacy or have more trust or to explore even shadow work. I mean, it's used for a lot of different purposes, but it's been created for people to just go to much deeper places and it is available for more self-knowledge, empowerment, transformation, and mm, healing. That's amazing. I love that. And mm. and um, so conscious kink. So so some it's a concept actually that sugar came up, but then we were really ruminating on this. It's the transmuting yeah. kink into your communication. And so let me let me kind of mm. give you an example of what I think, and then maybe you can share with me a little bit more. So it's, so for instance, I like to be bossed around by my boyfriend, who I like to call my daddy sometimes, um, in the bedroom, typically. But in our real life, I was wanting him to be more assertive. So he was able to take on like the daddy fantasy character, but I was also resisting him in the kitchen. So now we play this game in the kitchen when we're cooking. Like if he wants me to do something, he's like, daddy tells you to do this. And I like really listen and it's hot. So is that, is that, (laughs) where does that live in the world of conscious kink? And is there a way to sort of transmute kink, like you said, into intimacy and communication? And like, what does that look like in like in a real world situation? Mm. So I, so when it comes to kink, you know, our desires and our fantasies are an extension of who we are. And some people are curious, like, where do our fantasies even come from? I, I like to say, while some people are talking about it being from traumas and things of that nature, I like to say it usually stems from impressions that were made upon us as we were children Mm. growing up. So Mm. impressions around sex, love, intimacy, relationships, what were some of those impressions? Because a lot of the time as we grow into adulthood, we can eroticize some of the unmet needs that we didn't have met as children. So not to therapize you, Lindsay, but there could be a lot of stuff around really wanting to be Mm. met fully and to maybe even push back to make sure that that person's not going anywhere. If anything, he's going to step into the fire with you and it's like, oh, really? Daddy said so. Now what do you got? You You just pegged me hard. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, I, I did not say pegged on like purpose. Pegging. No pun intended. <laughs> but that's like, we that is so on. I'm oh, like the biggest thing for yeah. me is like people leave me, and it's like prove to me you're not going to leave me. Yeah. Wow, you're good. There's a concept around, um, you know, there's the dom and sub dynamic, which focuses around power. Um, And there's different categories of being submissive that could fall into lines around uh, being bratty, you know. And the brattiness is that actually they want to be overwhelmed into submission, but they want to push back to make sure that they're going to actually be met. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to be sort of left holding the bag by themselves. So the brattiness stemming from calling out to the other person to step up and to actually be met fully. So the bratting is actually like, yeah, uh, a, a, a kind of a fun, playful way of getting your needs met, but in a, in a way that like calls out the other partner to really step into their power. And if their partner's not willing to step into their power, then the brat can just sort of overrule the whole situation and the, the scene isn't as fulfilling as it could be. But there's challenges within this sort of dynamics that have really interesting nuances. And as we like to say, everything that sort of stems from your sexuality ripples out into all aspects of your Mm -hmm. life. That's why we take fantasies and desires so seriously, because we believe that if you have this healthy internal sexual landscape, you're going to have a beautiful, fulfilling, uh, you know, landscape outside of your inner Mm -hmm. world. And wow, that's what we're doing So well said. That really resonated with me. 
Mm. That was good. You said bratty. It's like, if you're being bratty, I was like, oh, wait, that's me. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. what do I need to do? <laughs> I hear, um, same, same. So <laughs> what, if, what if your partner, what do you, is there something that you um, could give some advice on, on how to encourage your partner to step into mm. their power? So it's not, so the brattiness isn't so recurrent. Mm-hmm. Not that you I know. don't have control over me, myself being bratty, but like. This is great. These are great questions because, you know, a lot of people feel like, oh, you know, let's be kinky and, and let's just, you know, wing it. And it doesn't actually work that way. There's so much preparation and mm-hmm. communication that needs to happen if you're really longing for a successful sort of uh, dynamic in that sense. So we talk about like sharing your fantasies with your partner. A lot of the times people are afraid to like express this to their partner. Like, how do I do this? And it's about approaching your partner with the intention of having a conversation Mm -hmm. around your sexuality and creating a container of time that you both agree to come together to have an exploration of what that looks like for each Mm -hmm. of you. And maybe there's some things that have been coming online for you, like, oh, like I saw this movie or I read this Mm -hmm. book or I've been having these thoughts lately that I would really like you to, you know, be a bit more forceful with me or maybe throw me around like a rag doll even. Um, and, And giving your partner the ability to feel into their own bodies to see what comes up for them in that place before actually trying to push them into a scenario that they may not be fully ready for, you know? So we're big advocates for not only communicating your needs to your partner, but also like doing self-explorations that consist of looking at your fantasies and your desires and sussing out what it is that you Mm -hmm. want and then talking to your partner about how you can set them up to win. Like we like to set our partners up to win. Um, Because when they win, we win. Everybody wins. And we do that through clear communication and transparency and and being in a place of groundedness. Well, and then for those... For those who are just starting out, mm-hmm. who are like, but I don't, I don't even have the ability to talk about yeah. what my needs are. To I don't even know what my needs are. So there's two things that that we work with with all of our clients. The first one is the kink checklist. Oh. <laughs> if you're on your, if you are uh, on our YouTube, you just saw the kink check, an actual kink checklist. Mm-hmm. You're listening, <laughs> yeah. And we'll go over that in just a minute about like what that actually means. And then the other thing that we talk about are the erotic blueprints, which were created by mm-hmm. Jaya Ma. And so these are basically the five love languages for sex, pleasure, desire, and turn on. And why I love them, why we love them in our work is that each person that is coming to this is coming with a primary Mm -hmm. blueprint. And you're one of the five, which is um, energetic, sensual, sexual, kinky, Mm -hmm. and a shapeshifter. So you have a primary, your partner has a primary. And what winds up happening, similar to love languages, is you're trying to talk about sex, you're trying to talk about your desires, you're trying to talk about what you need, and your partner is hearing it through Mm -hmm. their lens not through your lens of how you're wanting it. And so if you are like, well, I'm wanting to have sex with you, but sex to you means connection and presence and deep breathing and like holding each other. But to your partner, it means potentially like slot A into slot B with an orgasm at the end. Mm -hmm. They're going to be, they're going to kind of be clashing right Mm -hmm. at the beginning. And so these are the two things that we really work with our clients on. First, discovering what your blueprint is. Then we can actually get your language, your sexual language, and your needs on yeah. the same page. And then we go over the kink checklist, which goes into the deeper aspects of kink. And what are your hell yeses? What are your maybes? Which we like to keep into no's and then Got no's. It. And so mm-hmm. you talk about mm-hmm. like preparation and for someone who's like, 
I'm just imagining someone listening right now and is like, I have no idea how to even approach this conversation with my partner. Like, what's like, what are like some of the best practices that you guys find for like preparation to even like, like to even say, hey, let's sit down and have a few hours together. Like, how do you create that container with a partner where you have no clue what you're doing? Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because even as someone um, who's been dating before, they're like, when do you break out the kink (laughs) checklist? I'm like, usually before I even have sex with the person. I'm like, we need to have a talk because if we can't have a conversation about this, this is probably not going to work out. So I want to make sure that I'm with a partner that is willing to go to these places with me and have uh, deep and meaningful and honest conversations about what they want uh, in the bedroom and out of the bedroom. So when I have a partner and I want to maybe do some exploration with them, again, it's about setting up a period of time to have a connective experience where we're going to actually sit down and talk about some things. You know, talking about, I'm really interested in having deeper intimacy with you. I want to share more adventures with you. I want to keep the, the passion and, and the flame lit in this relationship. And I want to see if we can try out some things and see what fits for us and what doesn't mm-hmm. fit for us. Mm-hmm. And when we're sort of coming from this place of let's explore together and also Trust that maybe we're going to have some slip-ups. You know, uh, Casey has this wonderful phrase called oopsies and ouchies that you use. I'd love for you to share that with them. Yeah, so what I was going to say is she, she, when she was finished was we give people and um, we encourage people to come to these conversations knowing that they're probably going to be mm. a little messy, <laughs> that we're probably going to make some mistakes, that there's the potential of um, being uh, not getting into reactive okay. states. Right. Where you're like, oh, I don't you know, that's where the body kind of tenses off. You might go mm-hmm. into fight, flight and freeze. You might stop hearing each other. And so what we like to bring in are things called oopsies and ouchies, meaning like so if you think about it, when we were kids, right, like when we bumped our finger or we bumped our knee, we would run to our mom and we'd be like, I have an ouchie. And mom would literally, you know, for hopefully for everyone, for some, it would stop and say, great, let me give you a kiss. What do you need? How do I make yeah. it better? So we bring that into not only the, the kink world and the work that we do, but we bring it into all aspects where it's like, oh, I realize, like, so an oopsie is, I realize that I might have done something that didn't land in the way that mm. I intended. So the impact was different than the intention that I wanted. And so I can still acknowledge that like that wasn't my intention and I get that that didn't land right. So I'm really sorry, that was an oopsie. How can we clean that up? Because we really want everyone to come to this work knowing that like mistakes are gonna happen and no one's intentionally trying to hurt the other person. So that's the oopsie. And then the ouchie side is like, ouch, that hurt. So that could be a physical hurt. That could be an emotional hurt. And that's just like, ouch, like ouchie. And again, what that does is it depersonalizes what happened. It's not like you did this, right? Which always puts up the defensiveness. It's just like, ouchie, I got hurt. And then it, so it depersonalizes it and then it allows the defensiveness to go down. It allows people to take a breath. It allows them to come back to the present moment. It allows the reactiveness, the nervous system to just like, like settle and like, okay, let's, let's try this again. Mm. I think it's important because people are always trying to be so perfect and sexy in the bedroom. And we want to say like, there's opportunity for everything and and all of it's an opportunity. And even if there is an oopsie or an ouchie, it could actually take you to even more pleasurable and deeper deeper places with somebody. Yeah. 
This is so awesome. It's like imagining like all these adults around the world whose lives you're transforming and they're just like, oopsie, an algae. And you're like activating their inner child. It's so good. It's so good. And, you know, one of the things that we do um, when we do our four-day weekend event is we actually show people what a conscious, loving, caring, compassionate kink scene can look like. And in those scenes... We have oopsies mm. and ouchies. Like, it is just going to happen. I stepped on our foot Stepped before. on my feet. <laughs> like, it's, uh, you know, the floggers accidentally hit wrong. Yeah. Like, it just A literal ouchie. And what's beautiful. <laughs> a yes. literal ouchie. Not the but, kind we were going for. No. But, yeah. But what's really beautiful, because we have the oopsies and ouchies in place, I know when something like that happens that it was an accident, that I'm not getting mm. punished that there aren't any mind games that are going oh, on. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I, if I say, right, if she says, oopsie, my body goes, oh, an accident. <sighs> I just, I breathe and I can go back into mm. the moment. And then my body actually relaxes even deeper because she took self-responsibility and accountability for it. And so I don't have, like, I don't have to worry mm. about anything. So my body goes, <sighs> drops deeper into subspace, trust, and connection. And then when an ouchie happens, then if I say that, then what she gets to do is come and nurture, mm-hmm. nurture, take care of. I mean, how often do we wish that kind of stuff yeah. would happen? And so something as simple as an oopsie and ouchie allows that to happen. So depth, connection, and intimacy happens even quicker, even faster. And then you can drop deeper into more possibilities mm. than you even knew yeah, were possible. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm. Um, and I'd love to do a meeting with the three of you where we uh, we Please. do some of these things on each other <laughs> and maybe some oopsies or ouchies happen. Okay, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Let's try it out and find out. Let's plan schedules. Come on down Austin. I actually, actually my best friend lives in Austin. I might be coming there soon. No joke. Um, Yay! Um, Don't tempt us with yeah. a good time. So one of the one of the questions I noticed that you guys also work with addiction. You mentioned, and one of the questions that we get a lot is um, approaching sober sex when you haven't really in the past and having a hard time turning yourself on without some sort of substance and how to really get that started. Do you guys have any um, tips or coaching for people that are really trying on, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're just doing sober January or maybe they're, you know, sober for life, um, how to really like have sober sex? This is interesting because we do these immersive weekends and at the end, uh, one of the pinnacle moments of the weekend is that we curate a private play party for Wait, our When group. is your next event happening? And we are... <laughs> yes, it's Valentine's next weekend, weekend. But we have another one in May. We'll we have, have another okay. one in May. In, into May we um, have Sugar, one. you yeah. want to go yeah. to Austin? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're invited. <laughs> you are. <laughs> it would be such a pleasure. Definitely. But what we let people know is, you know, the whole weekend, we really um, urge people to stay as sober as possible, even abstaining from marijuana and and any kind of medicines, because the body actually releases such delicious, delicious, euphoric, um, expansive chemicals in your body when you're in a neurotic setting where your Eros energy is just flowing freely and you're just like so in touch with yourself um, and, and you're being expanded in this way that we really want people to have the experience of what our body can actually do on its own without any help from an outside mm-hmm. source. That's why mm-hmm. we do these uh, things mm-hmm. called conscious kink journeys, which is sort of a, uh, you know, a tribute to medicine journeys, ayahuasca journeys, but it's no outside chemical. It's really just us and the client having an erotic exploration specified to their desires and boundaries where they get to go really deep into subspace 
and have transcendent experiences where they're really connected to source and they're able to like uh, take in more information and see things from a different perspective than before. So it's very much like a medicine journey without any chemicals or or plants or anything. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to sober sex, yeah, we're really adamant about, (laughs) you know, know, your body's actually capable of like something even more delicious than any Mm -hmm. sort of pill or plant that you can ingest. It's actually going to be even more incredible and long lasting as well. So we're like big Mm -hmm. fans of trying to uh, abstain during play so you can really have the full effects of what your body can create from it. And then the other thing that we like to do is look at the look at your erotic mm-hmm. blueprint. Mm-hmm. And cuz a lot of times people are in the shadow side of their mm-hmm. blueprint and so so the addictions can be kind of that numbingness to move on the other oh, side of the shadow. And so what yeah, so really what the shadows are there for, they're just messengers that are telling us what's in the way mm-hmm. of us actually getting the pleasure that we are here to receive, that we're here to get. And so when you can have that consciousness now of like, oh, this is this is a shadow or like, this is why I choose to do alcohol or drugs. When you can have that awareness, then you can start to shift it and you can start to change it. And so that's another big piece um, within a lot of the work that we do. And then Kimmy and I are both trauma trained. So mm-hmm. I'm a trauma trained therapist. She's a trauma trained therapist in yeah. somatics. We're gonna ask about and so that. we bring <laughs> that yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we bring our background to everything that we do. And so we really understand the nervous system. We understand like where it's held in the body. We understand that so many of us have had um, our boundaries crossed and our consent yeah. violated. And so what's really beautiful about the work that we do, specifically these conscious kink journeys, mm-hmm. is that people can consciously choose to reenact experiences that have caused them trauma from a place of choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and a and a place of saying I get to choose this now. That makes me you. so it so uncomfortable, which means I probably need to do it mm. <laughs> or could do so it. So I have a personal question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I participated in a mini couples retreat on Sunday, Ooh. and there was an exercise that they had us do, and it was called uh, giving, taking, receiving, and allowing pleasure. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so you're familiar <laughs> with this it. technique. Yeah, very familiar. So when it was my turn to be the one being touched, my husband, who I've been with for over seven years, um, it, he was touching me the way that I was requesting. That was the yeah. first prompt. And then it was he got to take his pleasure. And mm. he started going for kissing my neck immediately. And I just kept giggling. And my <laughs> and he like couldn't get in. And he he actually looked at me and I could tell he was fucking frustrated. Mm. Like it activated something. And so after we chatted and he was like, I don't feel like I can fully um, give you pleasure because there's parts of you where you're not receiving it. And I was like, valid, right? This laughed. I could actually remember that when I was younger, um, my before I graduated high school, my neck was the most erogenous part of my entire body. Mm-hmm. Oh Yeah. And then 18 happened, and that's when I was um, I had some a couple of unconsensual sexual experiences where my neck was trapped down and mm-hmm. some intense things was going down there. Mm-hmm. And I realized just, just this weekend that my neck stopped being an erogenous mm-hmm. part of my body basically right around 18 or 19. And what's oh, so wow. interesting and how it's surfacing in my life right now is that my 
that's actually a, a area of my body that brings my partner pleasure uh-huh. to love on. Uh-huh. And so um, what I got from that is that my laughter told me that there's trauma stored in my neck. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask about that as, is that a valid trauma response, laughter? And what would be some ways that I could go about um, clearing that? Because the giggles are cute, right? But what's really there is that's, I can't receive that pleasure yeah. in that part of my body. And I'm committed to being able to receive pleasure throughout well, every I th- cell I think of my that body. really is a, yeah. a good lead into you guys. You also do somatic coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that you're in a relationship to, that challenges this. That That's really amazing that you have a, a, a husband that actually really enjoys uh, giving attention to an area that might feel risky for you. And it's interesting because the brain is this crazy phenomenon. It's really, uh, you know, intricate and complicated, but our body's really simple. So our body doesn't lie ever, right? So if there's been some sort of trauma trapped in in the neck, it's it would be, I feel like, beneficial to move very, very slowly around what are the the like pinky toe in the shallow end of the pool look like? And, you know, what is your window of tolerance now? And can we slowly and surely expand that a little bit more each time while we continuously check in with the body and the breath and take breaks and communicate and making sure that you're saying stop and it's going to be respected when you say stop Mm -hmm. and just widening that window of tolerance a little bit more each and every time so you can reclaim your body again. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like this is your body. And even if you're doing exercises on yourself where it's like slow erotic touches or maybe he's not touching at all. Maybe it's breath. It's air touch. There's so many different kinds of touches that Mm. could be explored that doesn't actually have to be physical contact. There's energetic touch, you know, I can just use my energy in my hand. I'm sorry, I didn't ask for consent. (laughs) Um, I can just use the energy from my hand, you know, and I can go as far away as possible before she really, she's very sensitive. So if I really held my hand out very Mm. far from Casey, it might feel a little less invasive. And then when I kind of come closer, she can let me know when to stop. Or if I feel a pushback, that might be an area I would just pause and let her breathe Mm. into watching her breath and seeing when her body's relaxing. So like you guys can use different tools um, if you feel called to wanting to explore this deeper yeah. so you have more freedom and choice in that department, you know, there's definitely lots of ways that you guys can go really slowly and, and see if, what comes out on the other side because I feel like there's something that wants to be spoken in your body. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Well, Thank you. W- yeah. A lot of what Kimmy is talking about is, um, and this was the first thing that came to mind, is your neck may actually be an energetic when it comes to the blueprints, like your neck itself. So it, your body can be one in, one um, blueprint. Your genitals can be another blueprint. And there are other areas of the body that might turn out to be other blueprints as well. Mm-hmm. And so your neck, because of what it has experienced, is like very sensitive. And it may need, he may maybe coming at it from more of a sexual. And so for energetics, that can be a real like, oh my God, you're going too fast. Mm. Please slow down. And so what it may be for your neck is like Kimmy's saying is actually have him ask for permission. Mm. Can I come in and kiss your neck and have him come very slowly? What we're looking for for energetics in their bodies is you want their body to go, So when you, I don't know if you saw it when Kimmy was this close, my body tensed up a little. I was like, oh, she's there. Mm -hmm. And then when she pulled it back, my whole body relaxed 
because it was like, ah, there's, there's space in there. And I could go, ah, okay, okay, now I'm ready. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the body to assimilate to what's going on around us. And, and this area is heightened because of what it's experienced. So good job, body. Yes. Like it's actually doing what it's supposed to do. So good mm-hmm. job, body. Mm-hmm. And so all it is is asking, asking this area, well, what do you need? Mm-hmm. What do you want? What do you desire? And, 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 and when the trust is there, right? Because that's all it is. It's a rebuilding of trust for yourself and, and for him to understand what that is. And then as you start to build that, as that starts to get stronger, the beauty of the energetic is there are transformational, transcendental experiences that can happen without touch ever happening on your body. And so there's, there's these experiences that once you, once there's trust, safety, security, and all of that, there's, there's endless amounts of pleasure that can come just mm. from this area. Mm. Boundaries. And sugar, you know, if the giggles comes up, let it come. Like there's uh, a way your body's discharging the intensity of the energy that might be coming up from the intention, uh, the attention on your throat. So if the giggles come, let it like come bigger, like make it bigger, laugh louder, make it even more, um, you know, um, obnoxious even, you know, and you'll maybe even find once you start releasing some of that pent up energy, you'll feel more flow there. There might be tears even, yeah. and then there might be something orgasmic after that, like giggle gasm. Giggle-gasms. Yeah, giggle-gasms. Yeah, absolutely. Giggle-gasms. That was so cute. You're like, giggle-gasms. <laughs> and thank you for hey. that permission. Yes. Tears mm. are just orgasms from the eyes. So, you know, this all it can all be orgasmic, all of it. You know, it's release. It's the release from the body. So to clear it out so you can take in more goodness. Amazing. Mm. So I have a couple more questions for you. So another really common Yay, thing, and I'd be interested to get your take on it, is a lot of people talk about, especially I think women um, or people who identify as women have a hard time getting out of their head. And I guess it's sort of like like a lot of people have a glass of wine, you know, as lubrication or whatever to get out of their head. Do you have any advice for like Mm -hmm. how to, you know, I, I would say for me, like that glass of wine helps me sort of like relax enough to get turned on. And sometimes I, I feel like I don't have the patience to get turned on. I just want to get to it. I just want to be turned on. <laughs> but that's not my erotic blueprint. Mm-hmm. I know that. <laughs> like, listen to that sexual shadow. I, I want this. I want to get want out of my head. Now, where you're... <laughs> Where your essential is like, and I need time and I need space and I need to have a good yep. taste in my mouth and I need a good smell and I want my body massaged and I just want it to feel so delicious. And then orgasms there, 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 and then it's elusive and you're like, ah, where did it go? <laughs> exactly. Like, ah. So, right? Hi, yeah. essential shadow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have that too. So part of it is just acknowledging it, like just acknowledging that that you need you and you deserve as much as you want. Yeah, maybe yeah, it's in the deserving. You get to take up space. You get to take up as much space as you want, as much time as you want. And like, just, just let, let your body, let your body tell you, oh, I want the lights lower, right? Because if the lights are too harsh, like you're not going to be able to drop in your body, you know, make sure there's good smells there. Make sure you have a liberator throw or a waterproof blanket that's set down so you're not going to bed and wet and cold. Because I know I can't do that. Are you kidding me? Done. I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) I want to clean more bed that I'm sleeping in, right? So, so. 
this is what I, what I'm hearing is a lot of this is women, um, women um, who are in the sensual, this is a big central shadow piece. So it's, it's giving yourself permission that like your, your brain might do that. And then what do you need to come back Mm. to your body? Oftentimes that can be breath. Oftentimes that can be presence from your partner. Oftentimes that could be maybe your partner laying on top of your body and like just falling into you. Maybe it's a weighted blanket. Mm. Maybe it's taking a moment to go clean something up because you need to do it. But once it's done, you're able to drop back in. So part of it is just acknowledging that you have different needs than what's shown in TV and porn, and that's okay, and that's great. Because the sensual is turned on by all their senses and all that life has to offer, and there's so much beauty in the sensual. And yet oftentimes we've been shamed for that. And no, like, let your beauty come out. Let your pleasure you can have orgasms without ever also ever being touched because you're so turned on by what's going That's on true. around it's, you. It's really interesting mm. because the first time I did the erotic blueprint quiz, I was like 80% kinky. <laughs> like, and then mm-hmm. I did it. And yeah. that was with my old, like an old partner. And then I'm with my new partner who is mm-hmm. much more patient and willing and is more giving and I'm like primarily kinky Mm. but my close second is now sensual and so I don't think I've really been able to Mm -hmm. explore that side of myself or I don't feel like I had permission with Mm. the partners I was choosing so good yeah yeah and that's with the with the blueprints they change Mm. and they evolve um, especially with the partners that you're with, with the hormone changes, with what's going on in life. Um, so they can evolve and they can change. They change as you start to heal. Some shadow pieces might come up in some of the other ones. And then when you heal them, new blueprints might come on. So that's what's really beautiful about them is that once you start to understand what blueprint you are and that there are other ones, you can start to talk to your partners about when they shift and when they change. So y'all can get on the same mm. page. You can start to really yeah. understand. So you can be like, ah, I'm recognizing that. This is the other thing too, is if you're com- getting completely fulfilled and kink from your partner, it's no wonder another blueprint's going to come online. It's like, oh, now there's space. Now I'm oh, not starving. Oh, that's interesting. Now there's something oh, yeah. new. Maybe that was it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like when I think about crutches, for example, like when we're talking about needing something has to be present in order for you to access pleasure or to be comfortable enough to have intimacy. You know, um, people are always asking, like, how do I know if my fantasies are unhealthy? And it's like, well, look at it as a way of is there any part of it that's causing harm to you or your partner? Is there um, a way that it's um, blocking true intimacy mm-hmm. and depth? And is it, um, do you feel badly about it afterwards? Like, are you judging yourself? Are you like, oh, why do I have to drink a bottle of wine before I have sex with somebody? You know, like, and and if any of those are true, it's not to shame. It's just to kind of be curious, right? You know, like, um, I like to say curious is just another word for love. So if you're curious about why am I sort of limiting myself to a certain way of um, moving into pleasure, into um, intimacy? Is it serving me? Um, yeah, it's, it's a good idea to kind of reflect on that. Um, I always say even, even for people who have fetishes that are like, I need this present in order to get aroused or to have mm. climax, that's all good and well. But if it's stealing away your ability to have deep intimacy with somebody or you're feeling bad about it or it's causing harm in some way, then it, there's definitely other ways to expand uh, that mm. potential. And we're all about like, you know, we talked earlier about the pinky and the shallow end of the pool. Like it's a slow process, but as you sort of 
widen that window of tolerance, you can expand into more possibility. And all we want to do at the end of the day is create choice for people. Like that's what this is all about is to let people know these are options. I'm a girl that likes options. You can take this kinky tool belt and and wear it anytime you want and have all these freaking options if you want, or you can put it on your wall and have great vanilla (laughs) sex. I'm no, no way against great vanilla sex either. I love me some good vanilla sex, but it's just nice to know that there's so many possibilities. You know, I feel like kink is getting more and more popular because hookup, casual, meaningless sex culture is fucking dead. Like, it's dead. Like, people don't want to only have this option for meaningless sex. And kink doesn't have to be sex, so it can actually be an opportunity for intimacy that doesn't have to be, you know, genital stimulation or orgasms or anything like that. So people can still have a really erotic, sensual, mind-blowing experience that doesn't have to necessarily be P in the B. You know what I mean? Like, it can be a lot of different things. So that creates, again, more possibility, more choice for people to decide how they want their erotic lives to look. It doesn't have to look like this certain little way, this little box that it used to be for so many years. It can be whatever you want it to be. So we just want to give people an idea so they can see like, oh, this fits for me. This is not so much my style. And then you can sort of move forward from there. That's amazing. That's awesome. Ah, so well said. Um, Katie? Do you you ladies work with people virtually or (laughs) is it all in person? Yes. Katie, like, sign me up. In all the ways. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, Yay, Katie. Yay. Yeah. I can't wait to dress you up as a naughty school girl, Katie. Okay. You're, you're Catholic. <laughs> Catholic. I love it. <laughs> I love the reformed <laughs> Catholic girl. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I know we're, we're trying to wrap it up, but there was just one word in, uh, in Casey's profile that we have to, or her biography that we have to talk about because Mama Gina, courtesan. So we, you know, the way of the courtesan was a chapter in Pussy Reclamation. So we heard all about it from Mama Gina. Uh And I'm so intrigued by the courtesan. Quickly, just for our listeners, for anyone who doesn't know what a courtesan is. And then my question is, how, what are some of your best practices for being irresistible in life from the view of a courtesan? Mm. That's a great great question. Um, How do I describe a courtesan? So a courtesan is somebody who has been hired to basically fulfill a fantasy. Um, And it's not usually like a one night stand. Like it is, it is a full um, exploration experience. And, and I found that it's, it's very sensual. It's very sensual, very energetic with sexual aspects that come into it. Um, But um, yeah. How are you it? so damn sexy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. nice tell us. And then the the, the irresistible, um, yeah, there's just like a I don't know, how do you experience <laughs> the magnetism? Because mm. I haven't actually put it into words. Um there's like a draw. There's an essence. I think it also um, impacts more than the physical. Like there's a mental, emotional, energetic. Like there's just a fullness um, around the presence of what you do and, you know, and how you show up 
in, in, in for people mm-hmm. in general, and then in the erotic sense that I feel like it touches on all parts of it, the human That's experience great. even. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, you know, because it's a hired, it's a hired experience. It's not about me. Mm. So it, it isn't about me. It's not about my emotions, not about my wants or it wasn't, um, cause they no longer do that work, but, um, it wasn't about my needs or my wants or my desires. It was like, well, what are, what are mm. your wants? What are your desires? And, um, you know, what I found with most of these men is that they were missing uh, being validated. They were missing being, you know, told that they were amazing, that their ideas were brilliant, that, you know, there was so much more possibility within them than anyone around them was able to kind of tap into. So when I went into that work, I'd already had the background of being a dominatrix. I had learned from this one 15 years, that like 15 years ago in New York City. And so I came into this work like, already working with men within the dom aspect, but that wasn't, that really wasn't my path. My path was more of this like courtesan where it was just like, oh, let let me play as a dom, but in a different Mm -hmm. way where I'm actually still in power and I'm in control and I'm knowing, I I have my eye on everything that's going on, but I'm also doing it from an energetic, sensual way. So I'm able to move the energy, like, you know, and I can bring up the conversations and I can pull information out of him. So I'm very present and I'm very like, tell me what's going on. And, and, you know, there are other words that could come in or kind of like trophy girlfriend or girlfriend okay. experience, but it's all built in, it's all built in the fantasy of like a, a longer experience versus just like an escort or somebody like that who, you know, fulfills the very short, you typically fulfills a very short fantasy in a, in a smaller period. But, but, but I did draw something from what you said. Like there was a part where you, you, you acknowledge their right. ideas and you acknowledge their greatness. So I would say like, and I think that is a very irresistible quality when you're so in tune to people that you really acknowledge like the great sexy things about them. So that's something that I think we can all take into our lives to have us all be a bit more irresistible. Yes. We forget about it. We forget when we get caught in our relationships that a lot of times it's just like, oh, well, you're not doing the dishes and this isn't happening. But like each human has like these really beautiful qualities about them. And so if you can step back and look at your partner and remember why you fell Mm -hmm. in love with them and, you know, oftentimes we women won't celebrate the man in front of us, but we may celebrate him to our friends and to other people around. So, you know, and, and I'm saying man, but it could be yeah. any gender, um, however you choose. But if, you, if you're talking about your partner behind their back in a beautiful way, make sure that you're also telling them to yeah. their face the things that you share. I know for me, I had, I struggled to do that. So one of the things I've done with my partner is I will actually share with them as if I were talking to a friend. Ooh, I like that. So I will say... Because I haven't, I just, for some reason, I get all like flustery in the mouth. And so I just let them know. I'm like, I want to share the things that I have been saying about you behind your back. And so I'm going to talk to you as if you're a friend so that you can hear what I say about you. Because I, I really love you and I really care about you. And that's really, that's the foundation of the relationship is, is we actually want more intimacy, love, and connection. And oftentimes we wind up pushing it away. And so if we can start to bring that back. The other thing to think about is that um, it only takes one in a relationship for the relationship Mm. to change. And so if you're willing to, it it may take a moment for them because you've created patterns and your nervous systems have done certain things. um, But 
if you could start to step back and go, I, I love this person, this human in front of me, mm-hmm. and I want more depth, intimacy, and connection. Well, it's your self-responsibility to do it. You cannot put it on them. And this is the same thing with your pleasure. It is your responsibility to get your needs met. And so mm-hmm. take that and say, what do I need to get this met? And then and then, and then then be that and see what happens. Mm, that's amazing. Oh, mm, thank you. So, this has been my, a lot mm. of mic drop moments. I feel like we could do like a whole episode on so many of the topics we covered today. Um, thank you so much for coming on. You've given all of us a lot of food for thought and Katie's ready to hire you as her coaches. <laughs> Maybe <Yay>. me too. <laughs> Welcome, Katie. <laughs> yes, so um, excited. First stop is an alter ego name for Katie. Yeah. We need a Say that, wait, <laughs> mistress Ooh. name for you. We we'll call her name. a quit talk daddy. Ooh. I have to think of a- Oh, that's a good one. She likes yes, that. Click, yeah. click top or daddy. boss daddy. I like yeah. boss daddy. Is that the one <laughs> I said to you, Katie, that yeah. you're like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I called her boss yeah. daddy. She was in yeah. the house daddy. Um, and I was like, whoa, I liked that. Um, well, uh, Casey and Kimmy, can you please um, share with our listeners the best way for them to potentially work with you, to follow you, to keep in touch with you, um, all the things that you offer that might be of interest to our listeners. Mm. Absolutely. So we are um, still building our website, erosandkink.com. And um, while that's in construction, you can also go to kimmyinch.com. So there's two websites, kimmyinch.com, erosandkink.com. You can find me at all the social media outlets um, under Kimmy Inch at Kimmy Inch. Um, and I think that's the best. Perfect. Yeah, you can't, you can't find Casey. I don't, add, I don't really add people <laughs> Got very it. private. Yeah, so yeah, hers yeah. Awesome. are the best. Um, but also if you go on her Instagram, she has kind of a link tree type thing. Mm-hmm. So you can find all of our offerings, all the things that we do. And Fantastic. yeah, we would love, we would love to see yes, all of you. Amazing. Yeah, our next event. Uh, well, yeah, thank fun. you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having um, us. I feel like this thank is just you, the beginning of a beautiful collaboration with with the both of you and Clit Talk. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, reach out to them, Clitorati, if you're interested in working with them. They have a ton of fantastic resources. And um, with that, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Yay. Bye-bye. Bye. If you liked this and are curious about our Clit Talk curriculum, we have a wait list for our upcoming free workshops and our Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass in 2022. Nothing like starting the new year guided by pleasure. Sign up for the wait list to come tap into your pussy sanctuary with Katie, myself, Sugar, and Lindsay at www.clittalkshow.com backslash waitlist. That's clittalkshow.com backslash waitlist.